Spotlight live from Studio 6B on a Monday, November 28th, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving week. Boys are all in town. We'll recap the Thanksgiving week. Hope you had a great time. Get some downtime with the family. Get away from everything. I had a very enjoyable four days. Paul Nolan, how are you? I'm excellent, my friend. I, I too, had a very enjoyable four days. Just really nice family time, quiet time, and lots of sports betting. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of that, let me go over to um, <laughs> let me go over to Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. Slick Rick, how was your Thanksgiving? Let's start on Thursday before noon in the game started. How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was good. It was actually good right until about 8 o'clock, and then the Patriots played, and it was all downhill from there. Yes, Thanksgiving was fantastic, though. That's more important than the games. Absolutely. Good to hear. Rick Delgado, how are you? How was your four days? Uh, my four days were great. Lots of... Uh, Lots of relaxing, getting to know my family again, which is nice. Because I'm always running around. So it was good to just see everybody. Okay, very good. Uh, we had an enjoyable time over here. I didn't have any uh, World Cup uh, action uh, from the Germans, so I didn't have any screaming going on in my house. So that'll come, um, <laughs> that'll come this week on Wednesday. Now the Americans play Iran tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and it's win and you're in for the... Um, for the Americans. If they win, they're out of this round and on to the next round, which and is a big Americans, deal. Right. They had a nice showing against England, right? That zero oh, yeah. nil. I'm sorry. Nil nil was yep. actually they showed they can run with them, too. They had pretty good possession time. And that's I just want to comment on that. I watched uh, about 40 minutes of soccer so far, and I'm an expert. <laughs> you sound you sound very good talking about it, Paul. You sound very good talking about it. Yeah, but you're right. The draw against England was not expected, um, and unfortunately, the draw that in the first game, they should have won, so we talked about that. So they're in a position now where at least they hold their own destiny in their hands, unlike Germany that my father-in-law told me about about a million times, who do not hold their destiny in their hands. They have to win, and some other things have to happen, but Americans, if they win, they're out, out of this round onto the knockout stage. So, And this is the third youngest team, I believe, in the tournament, and one of the younger teams we've ever, I think, brought to a World Cup. So it's, it, it's, it'll be a big deal if they get out, if they can win the game. So I'll be rooting hard tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Um, Slick Rick, it started out good for you as far as the odds makers go. You won your Dallas team, cranked, yes. won, not, won in, um, but didn't cover. You took the Giants plus 10. Yep. And then in the first game, you nailed that. Detroit was really never in doubt, plus the 9.5 in that game. Yep. Uh, and then from there, like you said, the Patriots cost you then you came back on, on friday and you you won it was really okay going into saturday afternoon and then the wheels kind of fell off and sunday was an unmitigated disaster <laughs> i went two and nine after those first two games on thanksgiving it was been a disaster right from jump street after after the uh, patriot game started it was all down yeah. i don't know what happened i felt good about the picks but i'll recap everything i have it all i know mattress mac you got your money now and i can forget no, it no 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 no, no, I'm not saying. I'm not First saying all, anything. Listen, one thing you talk me into. No graphics, no nothing. Yeah. I don't want anything. I don't want anything. You can recap it in sports. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, gloating. Yeah. Well, yeah. But you talk me into that five thousand dollars. You know, I got to tell you, I shouldn't listen to you. You're the worst carnival barker since W. C. Fields. <laughs> Chickadees. Yes, you are. So I shouldn't have listened to you. Five grand a game. 
Oh, I mean, you wouldn't have been saying that when you started out 2-0. You weren't saying that, I'll bet. You were saying, oh, man, sitting pretty here. I knew better. It was a long 13 games. All right. He he was rubbing his hands together saying, I'm a wealthy miser. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly what he was doing. That's exactly what he thought was coming. He was like Daffy Duck. Little did he know he'd be in the red by the end of the week. So, yeah. Um. All right, so there's a lot of serious stuff to talk about. Obviously, what's going on in China. Uh, we'll talk about that. What's going on in Georgia. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then an interesting take that I spoke about this morning uh, on the morning podcast that uh, a lot of you listen to on this January 6th committee, which is really a good idea um, by Brian Jundef in American Thinker this morning. And we'll recap that. But just a couple, couple quick housekeeping notes here. Um, the Epic Times, here's where we stand in the early voting race in Georgia. And if you're in Georgia and listening to the show, we're going to need all hands on deck if we're going to win Georgia because more than 180,000 votes and voters have cast their ballots during early voting in the Georgia U.S. Senate runoff between Warnock and Herschel Walker. About 70,000 Georgians turned out to vote on November 26th, the first day of early voting in the state after several courts, of course, ruled against the state order that had previously blocked voting on that day. So here you already have the courts in Georgia siding with basically Warnock here to allow early voting. And as we all know, and as we've been talking about, Democrats take advantage of all these early voting, mail-in voting, Republicans wait to the day of. And, um, and that's exactly what's happening here again. So the courts rule against a state order that had previously blocked voting on that day. So they already make an advantage Warnock. 70,000 people turn out on that day. The next day, the 27th, yesterday, 87,000 more people voted in the runoff. According to Gabriel Sterling, which is a name that should be familiar to you because he's smack dab along with the Raffensperger and in the whole 2020 mess. Um. So far, 181,000 Georgians have cast their votes in the December 6th runoff. We expect solid turnout for the five days of early voting. Make a plan for your vote, be it this week, by absentee, or by mail, or on election day, Sterling said today on Twitter. The Georgia Secretary of State's office noted on November 28th that under state law, any Georgia voter who's registered to vote by November 7th can cast a ballot in the runoff. That's regardless of their previous voting history. And the voter didn't need to have voted in the November 8th general election in order to cast a ballot in the runoff. Wait times have been short statewide, they said, yada, yada, yada. Georgia Supreme Court last week ruled in favor of Democrats and Warnock's campaign in allowing early voting to start on November 26th. Officials in the Georgia Secretary of State's office had attempted to implement a rule to prevent early voting on that day while Republicans filed a petition with the state Supreme Court to keep that rule intact. The December 6th runoff is being held because neither candidate was able to secure 50% of the vote. We all know that. So my point of bringing this up is that if you're in Georgia and you're listening to the show, you have friends, it's going to have to be all hands on deck for Herschel Walker to have a chance to win this race because we know what's going on. We know what's going on. They're going to, the Democrats are going to take advantage of every legal and illegal loophole they can find early voting ballot harvesting mail-in voting whatever it has to be dead voters whatever 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 it is 
I saw a video online of some guy who was used to live in Georgia, doesn't live there anymore now for like two years. He got a call from the Warnock campaign and the phone call was just stunning, trying to get him to go vote. He says, ma'am, I don't, I don't live there anymore. <laughs> I haven't in. lived there for two years. She didn't care. <clears throat> she did not care. So they already have one advantage thanks to the, um, to the courts, which really has to make you shake your head. Uh, but this is what we're dealing with all over the country. And we're dealing with people all over the country who would think would know better arguing against the federal constitution and the fact that state legislatures have this power. So everybody in Georgia is going to have to get out and vote. The third party candidate, by the way, got 80,000 votes. Think about that. The third party candidate, Chase Oliver, I don't even, I've never heard of him, got approximately 80,000 votes or 2.1%. When? In the, um, in the general. Oh, in the general. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, those kind of like 80,000, like those kind of votes are going to be up for grabs. Essential. Yeah. Those are going to be essential for Herschel Walker to win because he's going to be, He's going to be pushing upstream, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This whole, this whole, until December 6th. Well, it is, it's a calling all cars moment. You're right. Everybody's got to get out there and do their part. Uh, if that means, you know, having to collect some ballots uh, from your friends and neighbors, go do it. It's legal in Georgia. You might as well do it if they're going to do it. Right? Well, that's, you know, I've been making that argument about a lot of things and people write me and say, no, 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 we, we. We shouldn't be cheating if uh, we, we shouldn't be encouraging ballot harvesting where it's legal. And, and I say, well, well, if you're not going to get rid of it and you're not going to want to participate in it, how are you ever going to win in those places? How are you going to win in Nevada? Yeah. Look what, ha look what happened to Adam Laxalt, which is one of the reasons this seat, you know, people say this seat for Herschel, oh, it's 50-50 or 51-49. I mean, I think every seat. I think every seat at this point, knowing the situation we're in, uh, I think it matters. I think we'd rather have Herschel there, given what happened in the last runoff when we got stuck with Ossoff and Warnock to start with. I think you'd you'd rather have another pro-American Trump-like um, senator there if we can. And um, if you look what happened to Adam Laxalt, I don't know how anybody can argue about not wanting to participate in the legal things that you can do. Like in Nevada, how do you ever win in Nevada if you're not going to play on their playing field? Well, that's what you're we saw. You're not going to get rid of it. Yeah, that's what we saw in California. Some of those seats got flipped back red because you know what the the Republicans out in California said. You know what, we're going to do it exactly uh, how the law allows, and they set up they set up in front of uh, like gun gun shops and and you know places conservatives go, and they collected ballots and they flipped seats. They did it the way California says. You're allowed to do it. All right, we're going to do it. How, how do you like me now? They, they didn't like it. As a matter of fact, they're upset with it. But you know what? You take your lessons. California flipped a bunch of seats because they decided we're going to use the rules that they put in place. And guess what? When you do that, you still beat them. We beat them both ways. So we might as well just use their way and beat them into a pulp. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see how you win in these places that it's legal, Nevada, California, some other places. Um, if you're if you're not gonna if you're not gonna start doing that. And as a matter of fact, I, I'm seeing more and more people writing about it. 
I saw somebody today over at the, uh, I'll tell you who it is right now. And someone at the Washington Times wrote a big, big piece on it. David Keene. Republicans must learn how to ballot harvest, get the vote out early. And as he says, Republican candidates were outmaneuvered by the Democrat opponents this fall, as we hoped for a red wave that failed to materialize. The reason for a politically disastrous election for Republicans are obvious in hindsight, but that only tells part of the story. And he goes on in this article to talk about voter ID ID and some of the things that we wish we had in some places we're not gonna get, at least right now. And if you don't start playing on their playing field where it's legal, legal, we're not asking them to do anything illegal. Right. I mean, I just don't see how you ever win well, in these you know places. Obama, you said, Obama said it. Elections have consequences. And if you want to if you want to change it so there's no ballot harvesting, win some elections using their rules and flip the rules back to the way they used to be. That's the only way we're going to do it is we got to get control first. Yeah. All right, we'll do some news. We'll do sports. Just getting started here on a Monday live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. We'll do it all when we get back right after this. on a Monday night, Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Hope you had a great week. Good to be back. Slick Rick's going to do some sports. Rick Delgado's here. Paul Nolan's going to do some news. Gio Fran holding it down as well. I didn't even ask Gio and Fran. Gio, how was your um, Thanksgiving uh, four days off? It was good. Uh, Chaotic because I had lots of different places to go, but, you know, it was good to get some time off. And Fran, how was yours? It was good. I got to see some family, got to see some friends. It was a good weekend. All right, very good. Um, let's do some sports here. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Mike Lindell made a little news today, throwing his hat into the ring to be RNC chair, in um, which would be a kind of anybody but Romney, I guess, campaign. Uh, I don't know how successful he's going to be, given that he's going to have to get she already has supposedly 101 votes from the Republican Party, which is more than I guess is enough to, for her to even beat Lee Zeldin. So, um, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know Mike Lindell wants the best for this country, and he thinks he well, he'll do whatever he has to, to to serve it and to serve those purposes. And I'm assuming that's what's behind his um, this announcement today. Uh, and by the way, he would be much better than her. Oh, totally. Because she's a disaster. And I mean, and she and I and, and quite frankly, I think she gets a pass by from way too many people in the party. Way too many people asleep at the wheel in 2020, not spending money where they need to spend it, fundraising money that doesn't get spent. The 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 Georgia election, you can blame. She can take a big portion of that as well, along with the lunatic lawyer down there that everybody told me I was crazy about. 
for calling him a lunatic. Oh no, he's a he's a good guy. He's real. He's really in touch with us down here. Okay, because <laughs> he's encouraging people not to vote. That's that's smart. Yeah, no, that's a good strategy. It'll work. Um, but no, she gets a pass. She gets way too much of a pass. Lee Zelda, and which is again, it's just stunning that she has enough votes to win again. It's like it's, it's just. <laughs> And Lee Zeldin says, yeah, I'm happy to do it. Lindell, I'm happy to do it. No, 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 we're going to stick with Romney because we think everything's fine here in the party, I guess. So, all right, let's do some sports. And it is brought to you by Mike Lindell, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B, LFS6B at checkout for 10 to up to 60% off. Great stuff for the holidays, which I'm sure a lot of you are looking into getting and giving to your friends, what's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D, well, let's get right to it. Monday Night Football, odds makers, we got to get that last pick in from the weekend. I'm down five grand. I'm going to take, uh, take the Indianapolis Colts at home at Lucas Oil Stadium. Game, like I said, just underway. I'm going to take them over to Pittsburgh Steelers, laying two and a half. And you know what? All right, I'm down five. I'm going to put 10 on the line for tonight. Oh. I feel good about this game. This way I'm back up five going into the weekend. All I right. like it slick. All right. I like it. I'm rolling. That's it. I know you probably like I Pittsburgh. I like that move. But I, 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 don't, I don't care for the Steelers. Not, not I like that. Showing strength. I got to get back. I, got, I, feel like, I feel like a deep fried turkey from Thanksgiving uh, Thursday there. So I'm, I, I need to get some winning here. Always good to chase uh, you know, good money after bad. So nice job <laughs> by you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Big D. Roll it. Okay, let's recap college football. We'll get to the NFL in my next segment. NCAA Week 13, big weekend, great games. Friday, number 21, Texas, top Baylor, 38-27. Number 8, Tulane, Tulane, top number 24, Cincinnati, 27-24. And uh, UCLA, the Bruins, 35-28 over Cal. Number 14, Florida State, survives Florida, 45-38, wild game. FSU's QB, Jordan Travis, 270 yards and a TD toss. NC State in double O. Tops the Tar Heels 30 to 27. Tar Heels fall to number 24. Number one, Georgia, the Dogs. Top Georgia Tech 37 14. Dogs are 12 0, and they are a top team in college. Number two, Michigan. Great game on Saturday. I was enjoying that one. 12 0, outplayed number five, Ohio State in the second half to win 45 23. Michigan QB, JJ McCarthy, get out of the way. 263 yards and three touchdowns. And how about running back Donovan Edwards with a huge day? 216 yards on 22 carries to go with the game-closing TD runs of 75 and 85 yards, respectively, Big D. The shoe in Ohio was in need of some soul repairing after that loss, boy. The big shoe, man. That was a sum game. Looking good early for Ohio State. I says, ah, maybe I made a bad pick. Oh, boy, man. Harbaugh and company, they just made the second-half adjustments, and they rolled them, Big D. Good game. They, 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 they ran for so many yards in the second half. It was By the way, it's exactly what they did to them last year when yeah. they beat them. Yep. They I mean, should. Ryan Day is going to feel the. I'm telling you, I don't care how good you do the rest of the year. Ryan Day is going to feel the heat two years in a row. You can't lose to Michigan. You know, as as they're saying, you, you can't be, you know, you started on third base. You, you didn't you didn't hit a grand slam here, Ryan Day, in your time at Ohio State. You started on third base, and all we've asked you to do is get home. And, and you haven't done that now for two years. And this yep. game is, it doesn't matter what you do the rest of the year. You lose this game. It's a losing, the season's lost. 
Football, football is 365 days a year in Ohio. They live, eat, and sleep for their football team. You know that. And uh, so, not number 20, South Carolina, Clip Clemson, 31-30, ending the Tigers' playoff bid. Kentucky slugged Louisville, 26-13. Number 6, Alabama, 10-2 over Auburn, 49-27. Number 16, Oregon State downs the Ducks, 38-34, as number 15, Oregon, falls to a, a state. And now even they're both at 9-3, evened up at 9-3, both teams. Number 8, Penn State, 35-16 over Michigan uh, State. And that was uh, QB Sean Clifford with a TD toss. Four TD tosses on the day. Number 12, Utah crushes Colorado. 63-21. I heard Deion Sanders was offered the Colorado job over the weekend. This It's looking so bad there. Number 22, UCF. I had that pick laying 20. They barely slipped by South Carolina. You talk about a highlight game catching one hand. Uh, that the young man from, uh, from, from, from uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, UCF caught that. Uh, Alec Haller. Only 20 seconds left. Beautiful one hand grab. Get a chance to take a look at that at YouTube. And number four, USC. Now 11-1, defeats number 19, Notre Dame. They are in the college football playoffs right now. USC, the Trojans. And I got to tell you, that Caleb Williams, he looks like a Heisman lock, Big D. 232 yards, a TD toss, and three touchdown runs. Number 7, Tennessee, 56-0 over Vandy. A little too late, Rick, but number 7, not looking bad. Good year anyway. Number 13, Kansas State beat the Wizard of Oz out of Kansas. That was 47-27. And way out in the great Northwest, number 9, Washington. Tops Washington State, 51-33. That's a wrap in sports. Big D, we'll keep an eye on that Monday nighter. Back to you. All right. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Good luck with your pick tonight. We'll see how it goes. Let's do a little news, and then we'll come back and do some more news here. News is brought to you by our friends at earlytreatmentmeds.com. Of course, that's also 7cells.com. Earlytreatmentmeds.com. If you're looking for the ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, that is over at earlytreatmentmeds.com. You can order it there. Our discount still uh, is good. 10% off your order. LFS6B at checkout. What's going on, Paul Nolan? Um, so from Epic Times, uh, handgun owners carrying daily doubled in four years, this study says. The number of Americans carrying handguns on a daily basis doubled between 2015 and 2019, according to the new study. The study published by the American Journal of Public Health on November 16th is based on a survey of nearly 2,400 adult handgun owners conducted between July 30, 2019 and August 11, 2019, the results of the study show that roughly 3 in 10 handgun owners carried a gun on their persons in the previous 30 days of the survey. Of those who carried the past month, 4 in 10 did so every day. Extrapolating the estimated 53 million U.S. adults who own handguns in the 2019, we estimate about 16 million U.S. adults carried a handgun in the past 30 days, up from 9 million in 2015, and then almost 6 million did so every day, twice the approximate 3 million who did in 2015. So this study is uh, interesting. I don't know, we don't have a ton of time, but you know, it, it goes on to say that gun ownership and state policy in the study, researchers found that no notable differences in the proportion of gun carrying uh, gun owners carrying the handguns, whether uh, they responded or resided in permitless carry states or shall issue states. So, you know, you can tell it's just enough speaks to the lawlessness everywhere. And you know, I know personally know friends who have carry permits who take them with them everywhere. Especially guys I know who work in the city, absolutely positively will not work. Um, you know, on the trains or in the, you know, in the city, they won't travel uh, public transportation without them. So, yeah, how could you? By the way, how could you ever even go to a mall without one these days? By the way, I don't think people have any idea what goes on in most of these malls. They just have no idea. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Monday, back from Thanksgiving break. Glad you're a part of the show. We got lots to do tonight. We'll get to what's going on in China. 
We'll get to this new hubbubaloo over President Trump's dinner as well. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Thirty minutes past the hour, live from Studio Six B. Let's do some more news, and here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Uh, you know, uh, more uh, gun grabbing from uh, the leftist mafia. Uh, Joe Biden uh, vows to renew his push for an assault weapons ban during the lame duck session of Congress. A key, uh, a number of key Democrats have indicated that the proposal does not have support from enough lawmakers to secure passage. Um, Connecticut Democrat Chris Murphy this week offered support and effort, uh, but speculated that it would not succeed, telling CNN, I'm glad the President Biden is going to be pushing us to take a vote on assault weapons ban. This House has already passed it. It's sitting in front of the Senate. Does it have 60 votes in the Senate right now? Probably not. The Senate is currently split 50-50 between Democrats and Republicans. Ten GOP lawmakers would need to back any assault weapons ban to clear the 60-vote uh, filibuster threshold, thus none have signed on. Um, majority whip James Clyburn echoed sentiments from Murphy saying that on CBS as well that I don't know how you get 60 votes in the U.S. Senate. Biden announced his intent to pursue an assault weapons ban earlier this month in his in wake of uh, multiple mass shootings. This story is from Just the News. So, um, you know. Cut 15, G, speaking of Chris Murphy, um, roll that. I think the country is going to have to learn about what's going on in this country. The majority of counties in this That's country have sentence. declared that they are not going to enforce state and federal gun laws. They have decided that they are going to essentially refuse to implement laws that are on the books. Um, that is a growing problem in this country. And I think we're going to have to have a conversation about that in the United Ooh, States Senate. Do we want to continue to supply funding to law enforcement in counties that refuse to implement state and federal gun laws red flag laws are wildly popular right you're just temporarily taking guns you, away from people that do you want to withhold so money for law enforcement I, I think we have to have a conversation about whether we can continue to fund uh law enforcement in states where they are refusing to implement these gun laws Ugh. I mean, kidding me? Like, so, we should have a conversation yeah. as a euphemism for, yeah, we're going to stop funding. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a euphemism for, uh, and by the way, these red flag laws, are you kidding me with this? I mean, they're not exactly. wildly popular. They're remotely popular. They're barely, they're popular amongst complete bootlicking communists. That's who they're popular amongst. Anybody, you can't infringe upon the rights. That's that's all this is. It's a gun grab and it's, it's just a typical um, leftist, once again, championing, the stupidest policy possible. Yeah, and it's the first step. First step. Oh, it's just for your safety. Just for your safety. It's it's just a red flag. It don't worry. You'll get it back someday, maybe. Right. Uh, by the way, sure. uh, what else? What else can we take from you? Because you'll get it back. Don't worry. Someday, maybe. Yeah. We're not can you sure. Just yet. Name one set of rights the government took from <laughs> yeah. us and gave back. Other than the, I can think of one. The draft. Like what? Name one right that they took, and then they okay, Bob, we made a mistake here. Here's your liberty back. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting that back. Yeah. Even these persecutions. Look at Rudy Giuliani. What are we talking about? Where does he get his reputation back? Where Where do you get anything back when the government comes after you in whatever form that takes? You never do. I'll never, I'll never forget my first question, and it was 
Yeah, I guess I was uh, ninth or tenth grade, learning about uh, the Holocaust. I just kept saying, "I'm like, how come they didn't defend themselves?" I just kept asking that question. Well, why didn't they fight back? You know, and the people just don't—they they don't think about history, and they don't think about how how pervasive propaganda is, and it just never stops coming. And to the the notion to the goofballs out there who don't think that it can happen again, and that we're so civilized and evolved, we're so evolved as a society there won't be any more totalitarians or tyrants ever again yeah okay look in china right now you don't even have to look that far look in canada yeah i mean look what's going on in canada canada is exploding and for good reason for what they've done and what trudeau that that lunatic has done that puppet yeah world economic forum puppet and again he's gone after the guns and now biden says he's gonna do it and uh you know they're they're almost working in concert well, they are. They're all under the same. Listen, this is why people think I'm a tinfoil hat wacko. I think they take their orders from, you know, they take their orders oh. from the people with the money. <laughs> I mean, look at look no further than this. You can't you can't criticize the Clintons without being fact checked to death. You can't you can't criti- criticize world bankers without being laughed at. It's wherever the who has the money has the power. And if you don't think the bankers are the, are the, are the top and the, the, the of the food chain, you're, you're silly. It's just silly. It's not. It's just good business. These people work in concert with one another because they all have vested interest in one another. It's it's laughable how people don't see. They can't zoom out. They can only see seven feet in front of them. And you notice he's for. Um, I mean, Paul already said it perfectly. This whole idea of oh, we need to have have a conversation. We need to maybe de. So I'm for I'm for defunding the police. So we need to have a conversation in this country. They, the Democrats want to have a conversations about all the things that they can't control fully yet. Those are the things they want to have a conversation about. And what, he says, so, he, he says that? in there, here's the laughable part. Oh, one second, Paul. Uh, the laughable part is he says, uh, he says something in there about, oh yeah, this is a growing problem in this country, not enforcing the laws on the books as he's sitting <laughs> in New York saying that or where, wherever that studio is. Yeah. Now, has Chris yeah. Murphy ever come out and talked about Al- Alvin Bragg? or any of these other DAs across any of these states that have no interest in the laws on the books. How about the president of the United States? He has laws to follow. He has a constitution to follow. He has a take care clause to follow. He follows none of it. Where's Chris Murphy on those on the books? What's, what's, how's the Southern border being taken care of? How's any of this being taken care of? But when it fits their utopian dream of, of um, Less liberty for you. Let's have a conversation. And it's a growing problem, you know. Not uh, we're not. Uh, these yeah, laws on the books are not being enforced. Yeah, as long as they can have equal outcome for everyone, not equal opportunity. They want equal outcome for everyone. They'll be fine. So everyone gets their UBI. Everybody, everyone wears their gray jumpsuit. Nobody who's superior mentally or physically should ever advance based on that. Right. Everyone should just be even because it's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good no. luck with that. It, it's only fair for the masses. Got to, got to yeah. remember that, Paul. For them, the no, no, no. They, they, they get what they want. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, stay in your mom's basement till eleven. Go get yourself a bagel and a coffee at Seven Eleven, and they'll go catch a matinee. And I'll, I'll keep working my butt off, and you can take half my money in taxes so I can support your miserable life. <laughs> 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 Wake up at 11 from your mom's basement and go catch a matinee. Or, uh, or ahead, stay there luck. till you're 50 and then run for Senate in Pennsylvania. So anyways. <laughs> um, American dream. Yeah. Wait for the pizza rolls to get done.
Ding. Yeah, exactly. Ding, <laughs> ding. Um, so the Wall Street <laughs> Journal has a piece about what's going on in China. And obviously, a lot of us have probably seen a lot of the video coming out of there and a lot of what's going on. And thinking about what's going on there in this zero COVID policy, which is so idiotic, it's hard to even talk about. But when you stop and think about it, it's it's almost similar to the policy that Fauci and Burks and those took early on here. And we talked about it when they wanted everybody to get under the get under their kitchen table and 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 then lock down. And I mean, it's not not too dissimilar to what's going on in China. Maybe not to that not to that degree as far as a police state, but but you get the idea. The same same ideas, same principles. So the idea that this, that there could be zero COVID policy is, is so idiotic because it's just like when they tried it here, 15 days to slow the spread, the whole deal. You can stay under your kitchen table as long as you want. If you can't eradicate the virus, guess what's going to happen when you all come out from underneath your kitchen table? Well, you're all going to get the virus. <laughs> so um, listening to Fauci this weekend on his, on his media tour is just... Um, was kind of amusing because he runs cover for China still. You see some of the videos in China of the drones dropping and spraying, spraying yeah. the masses, or or people coming out and locking people into their homes, or welding or welding doors on the outside, welding them in. Right. How about the uh, how about the, the, their um, credit passes, their social cards being disabled so they can't get money, they can't get in their homes, they can't unlock doors, and they're sleeping in tents on the street. Yes, yeah. and, kinda, and it nice. also restricts their travel, so they can't they can't yeah. go to another province, they can't go to another city. I mean, this is this, and, and that's exactly what this whole push for this great reset garbage is is control. Yeah. They want to have that control. If they can keep you locked up, keep you in those cities, keep you where they want you, then they control everything. They they take away your access to funds. You know, with the whole digital currency, we we see them continually push for that. Right. And they're trying to set it up so everything crashes, so they can run to the rescue and go, oh, we've got the, we can fix it now. We'll so fix it with they? the digital currency. You'll be safe. We'll take it. You'll be safe. And that's the promise of the totalitarian is they promise safety in exchange for any freedom you might think you want. Cut eight, G. Let's start there. John Kirby asked about a little bit about this today. Roll that. On the China issue, why is the White House's line that everybody has the right to peacefully protest and not the U.S. thinks it's bad to lock people up in their houses to stop COVID. We've, we've made it clear, Peter, that uh, <laughs> uh, a, they wanted to do a it lockdown here, Peter. Is, is not a policy that, that uh, we're, we're going to support here. We've, we've come a long way He's not uh, over these here. last three years, hard to believe three years, in terms of uh, treating COVID and preventing COVID. So uh, we've said, you know, a lockdown is not a policy that we support here. Um, but, but it's okay obviously, there. there are people yeah. in China that that have yeah. a, have concerns about that, and they're protesting that, and we believe they should be able to do that peacefully. <laughs> so we don't have that and concern yet, here. Yeah, but I say there, yet. By the way, I say yet again, right? Because he says they're not interested in it yet again, because they will be interested in it again soon enough. When they have the blue state governors panicking because their numbers are going up, and they just they still don't buy into herd immunity, and they're still going to push their vaccines. If you don't think that lockdown somewhere is going to be on this, on no, maybe not nationally from the White House, it may not be again. But if you don't think lockdown is going to be on the table for some some Looney Tune somewhere, I, I bet you it will be. 
Indoor masking will be. Children masking will be. Pushing the vaccine obviously will be. I, I don't think there's anything we can say going into this winter that will 100% be off the table. Do you guys? No. No. No, I think, uh, you know, COVID-21 is coming to a theater near you. Especially here uh, in of, New York. Cut 11G. Speaking of this, roll that. More than 100,000 parents last month had to stay home from work to care for kids, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And we've seen schools in Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee cancel classes because of these large numbers. So yeah. coming out of the holidays, should parents expect schools to shut down? I don't know, uh, uh, Margaret. Oh. I'm not sure. The answer is no, when dummy. When you talk about shutting down schools, there's always... The collateral That's also radioactive. <laughs> it is, exactly. There's always the collateral issue. So you have to balance and you do it in real time, depending upon the viral load of disease in oh, your region, stop. whether, you know, the upper northeast may be quite different from the southwest, from the from the from the Pacific coast, from the upper northwest. So you have to have the local authorities evaluate on a situation by situation basis. The only viral the, load the potential coming collateral deleterious effects with the effects of what might happen if you have so many kids getting propaganda. infected. Some of these places just didn't even have teachers. Exactly. Well, that's the local decision right. you're going to have to make. It's a local issue. That's the thing that gets lost in the discussion. Yeah. There you go. He, 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 he sounds no different than three years ago, and he, he continues to display as if he knows nothing about immunology and everything we've learned over three years still. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday. More to do. We're back. More sports news coming up right after this. B on a Monday night, Real America's Voice, 13 to the hour. Glad you're in, getting the week started. Paul Nolan's doing the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's going to do sports here in a second. Geo Fran holding it down as always. We'll get back to more of what's going on in this and what we see in China. As we've seen with the people of um, Iran rising up and, and all of these, when you're talking about the most extensive surveillance and police state that there is in China, in the CCP, any public protest, I mean, takes a lot of guts because, I mean, you just know the, um, the personal risk that these people put themselves at. And we're seeing it play out in a lot of the videos that are seemingly coming out of there that are getting to social media. And of course, we saw this, like I said, in Iran not too long ago. And I kept wondering where the White House was and showing any support for the people uprising. And um, here we are again. And the White House again seems to be um, trying to walk the non existent line. Like How about just the protests? 
down in South America and Brazil. I mean, people are yeah. standing up and they are not relenting whatsoever. That should be mainstream news, but it isn't. And these people know they were jobbed and robbed and they're not having it. Good for them, man. Like as you said, it takes so much more bravery to protest now than ever because you're not protesting the way it used to be. You're protesting against a real heavy hand now. I mean, it's a legitimate issue now. It's you're protesting. You got January 6th people ruined, lives ruined. It's tr being treated like the like like the devil in, in, in these prisons. It's 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 um it's un it's it's unbelievable. It's it's I can't even comprehend the way they're treating these people who, you know, yeah, maybe uh, some of the goobers who went in, but there was a lot of screwery that day, man. A lot of shady things went on that day, and a lot of people were misled in a lot of ways. Let's Before you lock these people up for life, can we have the 14,000 hours of video, right? Yeah. Not we only that, it, uh, can, can you just issue them a desk appearance ticket? It was, it was a simple, uh, uh, yeah, right. you know, well a, a simple misdemeanor. It's not something yeah. that you imprison somebody two years for waiting to try and figure out a way you can screw them. That's not the way the government is supposed to work. That's not the way uh, justice is supposed to work. You know, it's a trespassing charge. Okay, desk appearance ticket. Here you go. Show up. Plead it out. Pay a $50 fine. Ha have a nice day. Whatever it is. But the way they're yeah. treating them, they're treating them worse. You, you've got people that have, have, you know, attempted murder in New York and California and Chicago oh, who are walking on. free the same day after they get picked up. Yeah, off with you. Yeah. Go ahead. Like Come it's not a big deal. Uh, the guy who attacked Lee Zeldin with a knife oh. got let out the same day. The same day. <laughs> Insanity. And you're, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Follow the rule of law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Defund. I mean, we, we should have a conversation about that, Paul. What do you think? <laughs> Let's have a conversation, guys. You know what? I want to yeah. write a nasty letter. Then Good we'll point. have a conversation. Yes. Tersely worded, again, I hope. Again, getting back to what's going on in China, and Paul says it, it takes a lot of nowadays to, to go against the iron fisted hand of the CCP. And you think about the deep frustration that a lot of the citizens there must feel after three years of the most restrictive COVID policies, businesses and lives shut down for weeks and months. And I mean, there's literally no public. I mean, we, we complain about the, the public debate here and people like Fauci and them running around in the public discourse. Well, there is, there is no public debate. There is no public discourse whatsoever. It just is what it is. And you have somebody who's installed themselves there now, probably forever or as long as he wants to be. So there, I think this is more than just, uh, the, I read that they're attributing this to this fire in this apartment uh, building. They're, they're, yeah, they're that, calling it the white paper um, protest or whatever, meaning this started with some, I, I can't exactly remember the story, but she held up a blank piece of white paper or something like that. And it was translated into meaning even though I say nothing, I say everything, basically, uh, you know, revolting against, obviously, the CCP. And then this apartment fire where they had welded the door shut and 10 people at least or so had died in the fire because they couldn't get out. Um, and that's what kind of started this. But I, I, I seem to think it's got to be more than that. It's got to be a culmination of, I mean, that may have been the straw that broke the camel's back. But when you think about, it, again, three years and the deep frustration they must hold and the frustration of... Of a, again, a leader who has now installed himself for 
for as long as he basically wants to, and the people have to live under this regime. Seemingly what's going on there is, seems to be a bigger deal than just this apartment fire um, where they, they couldn't get in to save these people. What do you think about that, Rick? Well, I, I think we're, what we're going to start seeing, and because of the age of the, you know, the smartphone and social media, is hopefully some more of these videos keep coming out. Remember, when, when Tiananmen Square happened, all the outrage that came from one photograph, from one small little piece of video that people saw. Think about yeah, that. Fact, yeah, they'll fact check back that now. Right? And, and then, then you look at what what is coming out today. You would think... Around the world, there'd be more outrage, but you know what? It's all getting suppressed. Why? Because ah, the people in charge, they're okay with it. You know, when you've got, when you've got Trudeau in Canada saying, you know, he really likes uh, China's style and, their, and the way their government is set up, there's a problem. When you've, got, when you've got this administration here in this country who refuses to say anything negative about China, um, there's a problem. There's a huge problem. Oh, you know, uh, you played the clip earlier where, where that doofus is like, oh, well, you know, that's not OK for us here. Well, no, that's not the question, you, 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 you jackbag. It, it's what do you say about what's going on there? Do you condemn it? And he said, no, he didn't. He didn't condemn it at all. Why would he? He can't or he'll probably be arrested. It's as simple as that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, let's do some sports. We'll talk more about this in, in hour two right now. And uh, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, big deal. Let me do an update on that Monday night football game right now over on ESPN. And would you know it, the Colts, zero yards in the first quarter. I mean, zero, <laughs> a big nil. So <laughs> right now, the, the, we have two field goals by Matthew Wright, one of 45 and 52 yards for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are now up 6 nothing, which means I'm in a hole now, 8.5 points. So I tell you, this Matt Ryan better wake up with uh, – Rod Taylor and get it going in, in down in Indianapolis. Or uh, I'm gonna I, be have, out 10 um, more. I have Pittsburgh in that game. You have Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I picked the Colts. <laughs> right now, it could be called the Dolts, for all I care. Unbelievable. And I didn't get to one game, college, and uh, Ricky R-Y-K-K-I uh, pointed out to me. I don't know what the number was, but on, on Getter, I forgot the TCU, the Horn Frogs, now number three, well, with a big win over the weekend, Ohio State, 62-14. to 14. What do you know? They're right in the college football playoffs right now at number three. So, boy, they really put came the, out of nowhere. Uh, put the Horn Frogs on upset alert. Against yes. Kansas State. Um, you heard it here first. Put the TCU on upset alert with Kansas State coming up this weekend. And if Kansas State does beat them, the word is that, that Kansas State will take that spot. And Kansas State will be in the playoffs. So Alabama's sitting there thinking, how do they weasel their way back in? It doesn't look like there's a way. But I'm putting TCU on upset alert, Slick Rick. Okay. I, I like TCU. I'm probably going to pick them this weekend. Uh, just a couple of quick – I want to recap the NFL. I only got a little bit of time. <laughs> he, just, he just made Damon's night. Yeah, I know. You want to pick him right now? Go for it. Yeah, I know. I, I, know, I know his game there, the carnival barker that he is. Thanksgiving Day, <laughs> Buffalo nips the Lions on a Tyler Bass 45-yard field goal. As time expires, 28-23. We got a lot of Bills fans in the get a chat. Dallas over the Giants, 28-20. Dallas rushed for 169 yards between Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. Eight and two now to Cowboys. Giants fall to 7-4. They both got wild card spots right now along with the Commanders. And the Vikings get vindicated with a win over the Patriots. 33-26. Vikes are now 9-2. New England falls to 6-5. That's a wrap in sports. Back to you, Big D, to close it out.
All right, Slick Rick, we'll do some more sports when we get back. Hour two coming up. Carnival Barker is very strong. I think it's a little over the top. <laughs> I don't think so. Live from studio. Thank you. At home. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Paul. WC Fields. All right, live from Studio 6B. We're back after this. <laughs> Studio 6B, hour two on a Monday. Real America's Voice, glad you're in. Paul Nolan's doing the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's doing sports. Geo Fran holding it down. As always, lots to get to here in hour two. Talk a little bit more about, obviously, what's going on in China. Big news as uh, the revolt against zero COVID policy, which is kind of what we tried to do here in 15 days to slow the spread. Everybody stay under your kitchen table. Um... And, of course, the idea that that was ever going to work or was based in any kind of science was always asinine from the start. It still remains asinine today. And Fauci was out making his rounds because now that he's, quote, unquote, retired, which he doesn't sound like it to me, but he's going he'll, to he'll, he will um, he'll be a permanent fixture on Meet the Depressed to face the nation, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, just be everywhere all the time. The view, I'm sure it won't be long before we see him there. Um, and he's and, and and once again, here he goes out there, asked about China. And he takes a shot at Trump. I mean, I mean this, this guy might be TDS. Uh, he might be right up there on the list of TDS whack jobs. He might be like in the top three. Just can't let it go. Asked about the origins of it. Oh, no, it's Trump's fault. <laughs> Trump's fault. <laughs> Oh, the way he, the way he, the way he started this—it's all Trump's fault. Cut ten. Listen to this jerk. Roll that, G. Have you seen anything that Beijing has produced at all in terms of explanation or data? Well, right, stop. Explanation. Well, can we just talk about? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Just hold it a second. Here it goes. Can we just even talk about that question? That's not a question. That's a that's a softball going. Here you go, doctor. Ready, underhand pitch. Knock it out of the park. Why don't you Why don't you actually bring some facts to the question? Say, doctor, since this has all started, here's what we know. A, B, C. How do you refute at this point that this is something that just happened in nature? It did, no, no, no. Have you seen anything that it's not it's not a quest, It's not a real question to this guy at this point. That's not a real question. That's bogus. That's that's one treatment. That's what that is. Go ahead. Let's hear that question again. G. Start this from the beginning. Have you seen anything that Beijing has produced anything. at all in terms of explanation at or all. data? Well, their explanation is an explanation that they will not allow us to look at the primary information. Still, yeah. Totally so in other words, they can say, "Oh, well, you know, it's in frozen oh, yes. food, or it's in this, or it's in that," but. There's no primary data. The WHO went in and, and saw some of the data, which some of which was actually quite helpful, 
But we, you, you know what we need, Margaret? We need what? A, 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 a transparency what we need? and a collaboration oh. yeah. to a open things up so that we could discuss it in a non-accusatory exactly. way. Ooh, what happens Listen to is her. that exactly. if you look at <laughs> the so anti-China approach that clearly the Trump administration had right from the very beginning, and the accusatory nature, the Chinese are going to flinch back and say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk mm -hmm. to you about it, which is not correct. But they they're not talking be. to the Biden administration about it either. Exactly. I think that horse is out of the barn, and they're very suspicious of anybody oh. trying to accuse them. Oh, yeah. We need to have an open dialogue <laughs> with their scientists and our scientists, keep the politics out of it, and let the scientists, well. because these are scientists <laughs> that we've known for decades, mm -hmm. and we've collaborated with them. That, that he's paid off and for decades. And here he said, and we've collaborated with yeah. them. I mean, this is, they, they paid him know, off for okay. decades, so they know him pretty well. Trump's fault. Yeah. Hey, they're not talking to the Biden administration either. Well, yeah, because it's Trump's fault. That horse is out the barn, Margaret. Don't you know? <laughs> Quackadoodles. I love the transparency. We need to, because again, that, that takes us back to, we have to have a conversation. That's what it's about. And, and non-accusatory converse, one. Right. Just insane. Just insane. And, and again, you, you, you know, you go back to the, what we were talking about uh, the previous break, about how, you know, you're, you're not, you're not going to get what you want um, based, on, based on that approach. You know, of, of going, well, you know, if we just do the, it, it's almost like, it, it's almost like what Paul was talking about earlier with, with the Nazis, you know, well, if we do that, then they're going to, they're going to be bad hands off. Well, just let them do what they want to do and everything will be fine. That's what they always say, right? I'll just, we'll just give you this one and an inch means a mile. That's basically all it is. And it's just another way of saying it. Stacey Lennox has a piece today in PJ Media. And she said, here's Fauci again, appearing on Face the Nation to wag his finger at us Americans again about our holiday plans and how we're going to spend them. The idea that he was going to exit stage left after his final press conference was too much to hope for, I guess, because in his appearance, Fauci once again advocated for his preferred totalitarian policies. When Margaret Brennan asked him whether or not schools should be closed coming out of the holidays, Fauci went into his weasel word mode. We already play. I already played that for you. Fauci's preference for using isolation as illness prevention, that's exactly what's going on in China, was also evident in his holiday advice. Brennan noted that there are currently three viruses circulating, respiratory um, RSV, the flu, and COVID, and asked Fauci what the risks for holiday gatherings were. He says, well, the risks depend on what your status of vaccination is. <laughs> He noted there are vaccines available for the flu and for COVID. So that's a good idea. Just go in and say, hey, shoot me up for everything here. I'll be a Superman. It's almost, as if, it's, almost as, it's almost as if we all do not know that the COVID vaccines do not prevent illness or transmission. Or that the bilevalent booster for Omicron was tested on eight mice. Even the Washington Post recently admitted that vaccinated Americans now make up the majority of COVID deaths. You see, this is, Mar Margaret Brennan had a chance, and anyone else will who this little worm sits in front of, to bring up things like this and ask him about it and actually put him on a hot seat, at least for some of the interview, but none of them will do it. None of them will do it. 
Fauci's reportedly fully vaccinated and boosted. He's had COVID and a rebound case after his Paxlovid. So, I mean, you know, this guy is just going to be the darling of the left. He talks as if we know nothing over the last three years. He talks to us again like we're, he's the, uh, he is science, remember, folks. He is the almighty, all-knowing science. He is science. Yeah. And he'll, you'll damn well do what he says. Um, cut nine, G. Roll that. Um, the Washington Post editorial board had a, an interesting piece on this recently. I don't know if you yeah, read it, yeah. but about the secrecy regarding the origins. And it says the world owes those who died, six million people, but probably twice that or more to be better prepared in the future. The cover-up is immense and still in place. China should now agree to a full and thorough scientific investigation that returns to Wuhan. Do you agree with that word, cover-up? An intentional distortion? I don't know what that distortion. means. No, I, I, it isn't that I disagree or disagree. Shut I'm not up. sure what they're wait, wait, talking wait, wait, about. Wait. I mean, if he doesn't know what that means. He doesn't know what a cover-up means. Oh, and someone, doesn't know maybe we could means. write him a letter and explain that to him. Uh, can we start with them? Let's let's open up your oh books, buddy. God. Let's see all your investments that surrounded this thing. Is he kidding me with this? I mean, how does he get away with this stuff? I mean, he, he tries to give his own definition if you want to check it out. Oh, he gives his own. Oh, oh this yeah. is awesome. Oh, let's this have a conversation great. about cover-ups. Cover-up is, is not allowing people to come in and look at all the data. That's <laughs> not a cover-up. That's not being transparent. To me, well, a cover-up like the animals is, being killed no, no, before no. anyone could well, go into the market to investigate again, that. Again, I'm, I'm, I don't want to argue. It's going to be taken no, no. out of context by others for sure, but okay. that's my life. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> it's, it. It's cover-up means you know something and you're hiding it. Mm -hmm. Not being Bingo. transparent <laughs> and allowing things open is a little bit of a different. The thing that... <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Oh, boy. Why, why are you trembling, oh, wow. Dr. Fauci, when you said that? Oh, Oh my God, that was pathetic. Wow. He's so, how he keeps parading himself out there. Wow. And everybody knows he's full of it. Well, right now, if anything, that, that just kind of exposed him, really. It just exposed him. Well, I don't know what that is. You're a liar. If that doesn't make everybody just throw up their hands and go, this guy's lying to me. <laughs> at this point, at this point, if he can't sit there and go, Oh, yeah, I know what you mean about a cover-up. He can't even be that honest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but that's why it goes back to the questions. That's why it goes back yeah. to the questions. You got to set, set it up with some kind of... You can't just give this generality. Oh, did you hear? I read this. And no, how about, like, how about ask a real question? Like based how about in the fact that he makes himself a victim? Oh, yes. my, as we take it out of context, welcome to my life. You can smell the <laughs> aqua velva just pumping off him. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. And, and, he, and he's going to do this every, he's going to do this all the time, too. He's going to do it all the time. And no matter what happens, he's going to be right, by the way. If we get into the winter and the cases get up, he's going to say, say, I told you. If the cases, if the cases don't get up, He'll have some other reasoning why you need to listen to him. Oh, because because people are masking up and doing what I said. That's why, and the, and they got the vaccines. That's why. That's what that's what he'll base it on. Now Biden told us this was over as he was walking around uh, UCLA there with the guy from CBS. Remember that interview where he fell asleep in yep. the interview? <laughs> He's walking around outside on the campus grounds there, and he says, "Oh yeah, it's over." 
it was six weeks ago that it was over, and here we are. Fauci doesn't it doesn't sound like it's over. Now even Biden doesn't sound like it's over. I mean, we we know it's COVID now, COVID forever. Like Paul says, control, control, control well, forever. Un- until they come up with the next one. Did you hear they're renaming monkeypox now? Because monkeypox. Monkey well, yeah, because it has nothing to do with monkeys, right? right. So it's well, mpox. Well, well, that and monkey, monkeys, monkey. Everybody loves monkeys, right? They're of course, very, right. they're cute. They're curious. George is a monkey. McGill yeah. Gorilla is a monkey. George. Everybody loves monkeys. Yes. So now they have to change the name. And what they do, they, they, they lopped off most of the word. Now they call it Mpox. Ooh, that's scary. You got the Mpox? Oh, boy. Reminds me of the, uh, <laughs> reminds me of the debate Tucker Carlson had on language with that whack job leftist, uh, about the Purdue study that came out and said that we have to change terms like, Anything that uses the word man. Do you remember that? Tucker yeah. had her on. He went back and forth with her and she he said, You're sitting in Manhattan doing this interview. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's like yeah. the, the, it's like the, the left, they own they own the nomenclature, they own the language. And they have to rebrand and, it. And uh they have to, yeah, exactly. They have to rebrand it to what fits. Because MPOC sounds scarier. Yeah. Let's do cut twelve, G one more on since we're on COVID stuff. Um, the real, the real doctor here. Roll that. You heard Dr. Fauci. The administration is launching a new campaign there urging they go. people They're to out get there. those flu shots, get Every those COVID boosters. But I think only about 11 percent have gotten the booster so far. Maybe 42 million the flu shot. We've talked about this so many times. People aren't listening. What do you do? Oh, first of all, good morning. Thank good you morning. for having me here. Um, so, look, it's been uh, obviously a long two and a half years for Americans, and uh, we understand that uh, that you know people want to move on. The good news Gee. is people can move on. <laughs> another, another, another. You see the question? Just yeah. another example of just she wants to go over and lick his face. Why doesn't she just go lick his face before she <laughs> asks the question? My God. <laughs> At the top of families' wish lists, deep discounts, with holiday budgets strained by decades-high inflation. Prices up 7.7% over last year. We're just sticking to our own families just to save a little bit more this year. Two-thirds of Americans are worried about inflation making holiday shopping more difficult. A lot of people have cut their savings rate, they've dipped into their savings account, and they are running up their credit card using credit more than debit. And that does raise the question of where will the trade-offs kick in? Well, I've been telling you that for a long time. Those charts have been available. Household debt's going up, savings going down, credit card debt going up. That's been happening for a while. It's good to see everybody else catching on. So the question is, will a lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Joe Biden? More wasteful government spending, higher taxes, deepening of inflation. Well, we're going to find out a lot in these next two weeks of December. CPI comes out on the 13th, Fed meeting on the 14th. What kind of a rate hike are we going to get this time? 
how do you protect your hard-earned savings from the chaotic financial markets? And the markets are going to respond to what happens on the 14th. Well, the answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text America to 989898 for a free information kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text America to 989898 and claim your free no-obligation info kit right now. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text America to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. That sounds like the blues while I was telling you about it. So um, live from Studio 6B, 19 past the hour. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by MyPillow, mypillow.com slash LFS6B. If you're shopping for the holidays, use our code at checkout, LFS6B, for 10 to 60% off. We appreciate you using it. Great way to support Mike Lindell. Great way to support the show. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, big deal. Let's get back out to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Well, the Steelers went up 13-0, but the Colts came roaring back with a three-point field goal. So it's 13-3, to about three minutes to go in the first half. Hopefully they can make some adjustments. Otherwise, I'm going to lose another 10 Gs, and I'll really be in a hole come tomorrow. But we'll see what happens there. Another half of football, good good halftime adjustments I'm praying for. Delgado's loving this. He's spending spending your money already. Here we go. Let's get back. I got cut short last time. I want to get back to the to NFL. Change up the, uh, I'm going to have to change up the Christmas holiday shopping list here, but I think by the end. To re- revamp what I'm asking for. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Here we go. Let's get back to the NFL. Cleveland Browns give Brady and the Bucks a brownout in OT. Browns running back Nick Chubb, 116 yards, and the game-winning TD on the ground. Tampa falls to five and six now. The Bengals top the Titans, 20 to 16. Since the QB Joe Burry, 270 yards and a TD. Bengals and Titans both now seven and four, and in the thick of the playoff hunt. Dolphins topple the Texans, 31-15. Tua Tagovailoa, 299 yards and a TD. Boy, the Finns are looking. Good now, eight and three. The Texans forget about it. Jets beat the Bears 31 13. Jets may have found the right guy and Mike Wright at QB 315 yards and three touchdowns. Jets are now seven and four. Browns fall to three and nine. Commanders over the Falcons 19 13. Washington seven and five. And sitting with a wild card spot right now. Season ended today. Unbelievable. Caught that mic. Talk about a mic drop. Panthers over the Broncos, 23 to 10. Attention, Walmart owners. You have a problem with your Broncos now at 3 and 8. Carolina with 185 yards rushing combined on the day. So, as you know, the Broncos were bought by the owners of Walmart. Jaguars nipped the Ravens with a Trevor Lawrence to Marvin Jones. TD pass with 14 seconds left in the game. Baltimore manager Justin Tucker, 67-yard field goal attempt that fell. Short. And uh, charges short-circuit the Cardinals, 25-24. Uh, uh, LAQB Justin Herbert with a one-yard TD toss to Austin Eckler with 15 seconds left. Great game. Herbert with 274 yards and three TDs. Charges a 6-5 and five now. Arizona, 4-8, and eight, and pretty much this season is toast. Raiders slipped by the Seahawks in Seattle, 40-34 in OT. Vegas' is, uh, Josh Jacobs wins it on an 86-yard TD run in OT. Incredible. Seattle slides to 6-5. and five. Raiders improve. Uh, uh, Raiders 
improved to uh, six and five, and Seattle slips to four and seven. Chiefs ripped the Rams 26-10. 49ers continue to rack up wins as they shut out the Saints 13-0. And the Eagles, boy, they look good at 10-1. They're the best team in the game right now, leading the NFC. I know the Chiefs have something to say about that. They're looking pretty good, too. But, uh, wow, 363 yards rushing. Hey, Rick, a Slick Rick, I'm reminded by the wonderful audience here in the chat. And I, I actually, I think I put out on social media today on Getter. I don't know if you noticed it. I think I tagged you that um, given your, um, well, performance in the odds makers this weekend, if you need to find a new, if you need to kick down on the um, the uh, face cream from the $400 <laughs> one, Seven Cells is running a special on theirs. Oh, uh, face cream this weekend and you can get 30% off for Cyber Monday and then you can use our code for another 10% Slick Rick or you could do what someone in the chat just said. I'm sorry I didn't see who it was. You could just go to Oil of Olay. Yeah. <laughs> Two for five at CVS. <laughs> <laughs> Seven cells. I got to get some samples, Big D. I got to try it out first. Make sure I don't have a reaction and see if it's good. That hey, sounds the, like a deal okay. to me. Hey, the way his betting is going, he's going to need a Flowbee soon for his hair. <laughs> you know it, baby. Forget about it. I'm going to come in with a hat. You won't be able to see my face. All right, Big D. I got a lot more, but uh, that's a rap in sports. Oh, Back to you. Ahead. We got, we got plenty of time. All Slick right, Rick. let's we talk about this. More. Let me gloat a Do little it. bit. Cowboys and Giants game on Thanksgiving ah, sets a cares. stunning record. Listen to this. This is from Larry Brown Sports' Darren Albert. If you enjoyed the Cowboys-Giants game along with your turkey and cranberry sauce this week, you certainly were not alone. Fox Sports revealed Friday that the Cowboys-Giants divisional showdown on Thanksgiving set a pretty stunning record. 42 million viewers across all Fox platforms. It was the most watched regular season game on record of any network Ever, ever in the history of uh, the NFL. The viewership for the game, which was won by the Cowboys, of course, 28 uh, to 20, was probably boosted by those who turned in on Fox streaming platforms. But unbelievable. The, the last time it was a game that, that largely watched was December 1990 between the Giants and the Niners. Uh, but boy, the effect of streaming has really taken the game up a notch. And it's the most watched game ever in NFL history. Incredible. And we saw the U.S. men's national team uh, wrapped up in Iran's social media debacle. You heard about that with the flag. Um, this was uh, Chalina Gold of Yard Barker. United States men's soccer team should be focused on the upcoming match against Iran tomorrow, seeing as it will have a major impact on the team's 2022 World Cup future. Instead, the focus over the last two days has been on whether the U.S. men's national team played a part in controversial sodium social media posts involving Tuesday's opponent. U.S. men's national team was grilled after the U.S. Soccer Federation displayed the Iranian flag on social media without the Islamic Republic emblem on it. USSF claimed that the posts, which have since been taken down, were supposed to show solidarity with the Iranian people as massive protests continued in the country. The men's team says they had nothing to do with it. It was the Soccer Federation. And, you know, of course, it's, everything's a controversy today. You can't post anything on social media without getting vilified, I got to tell you, these days when it comes to these other teams. So long story short, 2 o'clock tomorrow, Big D, Fox Sports. You're going to want to be tuned in on that game. Oh, man. man. I'm locked in. I'm locked in at 1 o'clock for the pregame and then every second of the game. And I will be rooting hard. Me too. Uh, for the Americans to get out of that round and win that game. So, hey, Slick Rick, someone had a question on your shirt. Is that like a Robert Graham or what is that shirt like a... Excellent. What, what is that? Bingo. Is that it is a Robert, a Robert Graham? Graham shirt. Yes, it is indeed. Paisley Robert Graham shirt. Wow. Okay, very good. It's a beautiful shirt. I, you know, somebody I, I as slick couple, as you so, uh, watching the show. Yeah. Well, no, and I, I no, they didn't ask it to Robert Graham. I asked it to Robert Graham because I have a few of those myself. So oh, they just said, "What well, kind of shirt is that?" You. Oh, they call they don't so call Dapper D for nothing. Wow. <laughs> you can you can credit me for nailing it. 
Dapity. All right. Well, there you go. I, I guess you're you're, uh, you're you're our own little Hans Gruber. Yeah. Saying I have a couple myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to the party, pal. Exactly. Uh, all right. Very good, Slick Rick. Uh, we don't have time for news, Paul. We'll do news when we get back. And uh, we'll also, if we have time, get into this little story. Oh, guess who else took a little money from FTX? Oh, it's not just the Democrats. Kevin McCarthy? Not just the Democrats. Oh, that'd be one Mitch McConnell. Ooh, the turtle. Got a little financial help from FTX as well. past the hour live from studio 6b on a monday glad you're in glad you're part of the show checked in on the getter chat i see people in there are fired up as always good to see everybody hope you had a great week That's um, one way to rick's going it. sports rick delgado's here uh paul nolan's going to do some news and he's going to do it right now news is brought to you by our friends over at seven cells seven cells.com and of course if you're looking for ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or tamiflu or any of those medications early treatment meds com our code LFS6B works at both 10% off is your discount code at checkout LFS6B for 10% off your order at earlytreatmentmeds.com Paul Nolan what's going on uh, not much not much going on other than uh, everything in the news right now uh, the war with uh, Apple and Elon Musk is interesting this is from just the news uh, Elon Musk claimed on Monday that Apple had largely quit advertising on the platform. It was threatening to drop the social media platform platform from the app site, um, the app store, excuse me. He said that Apple mostly has stopped advertising on Twitter. Do they hate free, free speech in America? Musk wrote on his platform. Apple is has also threatened to withhold Twitter from the App Store, but won't tell us why, he said in a second post. Uh, the other post Musk made on Monday included criticism of Apple's alleged censorship practices. He also posted a poll on the platform asking users whether Apple should publish all censored actions it has taken uh, that effect its customers. And uh, I looked at that poll, I think it was 85% said yes. You wonder where the other 15% are coming from, but Tesla founders often use Twitter polls to make business decisions, such as reinstating former president Donald Trump's account after he had backed his return. Following Musk's twit, um, takeover of Twitter, uh, the platform faced reportedly sizable drop in advertisers over concerns about the plan uh, to curtail the platform censorship of disfavored viewpoints and allow users uh, greater flexibility to express their unmoderated opinions. Uh, we have a clip of one of the uh, fact checkers from there. I, you guys will find this funny. In her San Francisco home with some moral support from her dog, Biscuit, Aww. Melissa Engel follows the rapid fire changes at her former employer. On the current path, I just, I'm really, really worried about Twitter's future. On November 12th, she learned she'd been let go, first by losing access to her accounts, then an email. She says other former full-time employees have told her they had to sign an NDA to get their severance benefits. But because she was a contract worker, that doesn't apply to her, so she's speaking out. I'm not given a severance package. I can't 
They can't take that away from me. And I think people need to know about this situation. The layoffs followed by an employee exodus <laughs> came just days before Elon Musk reinstated former President Donald Trump's account Saturday evening. Cal State East Bay professor Grant Kean says the move appears strategic. Um, he gets to say that he's um, rescuing democracy and it, reintroducing a certain type of political discourse on Twitter, uh, even while it overshadows for the moment some of the um, really tough news that people at Twitter have had in the past couple of weeks. While the focus might be on Trump's <laughs> account now, Kian notes that the absence of employees like Engel who checked content will shape users' experience on Twitter. Those losses of personnel are going to be felt. Just over time, these things build up and the site will become more abusive, more extreme, and less reliable over time. <laughs> now that's the person who's who's telling me that that there are more than two genders and I'm that's why I got kicked off. That's they're moderating my post about gender. Seems reasonable. <laughs> How is this possible? Why why when it why when it comes to gender, Paul? What do you mean? Um oh uh um, that's a man, maybe. That that guy was the one, you know, he's censoring posts about, when you read the article about him, censoring posts about gender. Like, it's not, you can't have a reasonable discussion on Twitter because if he, this guy sees the post, he's going to tell you that you, you're blocked because you think there are two genders. Because you, you, I can tell you what a woman is. I, I think I find it ridiculous. How is that person an authority on on what yeah. I could post about gender. How's that possible? Uh, I, I missed the part where they said that that person only dealt with gender. Is that, was that part of the early part not of that only, story? No, not only. That was part of what they were, what they were tasked to do. They were tasked to you know, moderate content regarding gender and amongst other things and everything that's left. And the and you know the incredible amount of people on the conservative side who got banned from Twitter is because of people like this fact checking and shadow banning. It's and, laughable. And denying science too. I mean, I mean putting the uh, putting the gender, her gender, his gender, whatever, putting that aside for just a second. Not that I want to judge a book by its cover, but if before I even thought about gender, as I listened to her or him talk. Just seemed like a, not somebody who would be up for that job. Yeah, uh, just on a purely, not. purely, purely brain power. Uh, just seemed pretty uh, not, not the not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Was my actually yeah. my first reaction that this person is deciding on content moderation? They don't look like they could spell content. Uh, I'm and sure this, this person would also qualify as a press secretary for a certain administration. Or a health czar. Yeah. Uh, it's it's laughable. Look, it's also laughable. The fact checkers are not fact checkers. They're they're they're, they're propagandists. They are, you know, they're, they're protesters. They're, they're champions to an ideology that is bizarre. It, that champions mental illness. I don't care if you call, if you identify as a monkey or a mouse. None of my, I don't care. But don't tell me I have to believe you're you're not nuts. <laughs> right. I'm going to tell it's ridiculous. I'm not going to be look, have your opinion. That's fine. 
You could tell me this guy is 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 fuchsia. I, I don't know if it's the color of Rick's shirt or not, but <laughs> I I'm, I know what it is, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like help you with your insanity. I'm not going to validate your your stupidity. It's just simply not going to happen. And on my watch, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be afraid to say I'm sorry. The emperor's wearing no clothes. I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know, look at this. John Stossel sues Facebook over defamation over a fact check. This is an interesting story. And, you know, it's it, it, what's cruel about it is uh, I'll just give you the nutshell of it. But John Stossel was, you know, his report was about, you know, the fires that and, and climate change that he got shut down and completely vilified because he said the case, you know, he said something about the California fires in 2020. He said the case presents a simple question. Do Facebook and its vendors defame a user who posts factually accurate content? And when they publicly announced that the content failed a fact check and is partly false and by attributing to the false user's claim that they never made, the answer of, a, of course is yes says the complaint. And this is what where it came down. The suit uh, outlines what happened when Stossel published a video on Facebook called Government Fueled Fires. He sought to take on sensational media reporting about so-called climate apocalypse and explore the scientific hypothesis. While the climate change undoubtedly contributes to forest fires, it was not the primary cause of the 2020 California forest fires. Instead, his post said, Forest management was particularly to blame, and Facebook labeled the video after fact-checking, adding a note that said, missing context, independent fact-checkers say this information could mislead people. Facebook category the post as misleading. Stossel was given no meaningful avenue uh, to contest the unilateral decision about the truth of his journalism. Meanwhile, his viewership plummeted due to both Facebook censorship and the reputational harm caused by false labels, says the suit. And we have people like this taken down extremely reasonable and very thoughtful people like John Stossel, who always carries the, the moderate line. He's very reasonable and thoughtful in his reports. He's not sensational. And he gives he, he kind of presses his question. So his for him to be you know ruined by people like that is to me, it just can't happen anymore. It's got to stop. We have to stand up to that kind of nonsense. Well, let me tell you who's not going to stand up to that kind of nonsense. That would be the media. Cut seventeen. G. This was actually asked. In the, this is an actual question. This is not fake video. This is a real question from the briefing room today. Roll that, G. The question about Twitter, um, you know, there's a researcher at Stanford who says that this is a critical moment, really, in terms of um, ensuring that Twitter does not become a vector for misinformation. I mean, are you concerned about the, you know, Elon Musk says there's more and more uh, subscribers coming online. Are you concerned about that? And what tools do you have? Who is it at the White House that is really keeping track of this? So right, this it. is something that- So let me, let me rephrase her question for her. <laughs> um, do you in the White House um, have any tools to make sure that Twitter doesn't actually become an avenue for free speech? And who amongst you and what tools are you using to make sure you can curb any free speech that ends up actually going on? Because he says there's actually more people coming to the platform now as he's trying to make it, as he says, we'll take him at his word for now until he proves otherwise, a, a town square where all reasonable sides are to be heard. 
no one is to be censored. Content is not to be censored unless it's obviously whatever their moderation policies are going to be. And here is a member of the media asking the White House, are you worried about free speech actually becoming free speech on Twitter? That's basically what she's asking her. And then her question is, what tools do you have to stop it? Yeah. And she tries and she actually answers it by, well, well listen, here, listen to the answer. Go ahead. Certainly uh, keeping an eye on. And uh, look, um, we, you Just know, stop we it for have second, always G. been very. This is something we're really seriously keeping an eye, keeping an eye on what? What are you keeping an eye on? What about her question and what Elon Musk has done at Twitter so far needs the government to be keeping an eye on? It's like Joe Biden the day he said, well, maybe this guy needs to be looked into. Huh? For what? Has there been some accusations we've all missed? Finish, go ahead, G. Clear um, and that uh, when it comes to social media platforms, it is their responsibility uh, to make sure that um, when it comes to misinformation, when we when we comes to the hate that we're seeing, uh, that they, they take action, that they continue yes. uh, to take action again. We're all keeping a close right eye to the on notes. this. We're all uh, uh, monitoring uh, what's what's currently uh, occurring. They're monitoring. And, uh, what? see, what's occurring? You know, we see it with our own eyes of, of what you all are reporting. And just for, for ourselves, what's happening on, on Twitter. Uh, but again, social media companies have a responsibility to prevent their platforms uh, from being used by any user uh, to incite violence, especially violence uh, directed at individual communities, as we have been seeing. And the president has been very clear on calling uh, that out. He'll continue to do that. Uh, and we're going to continue to monitor the situation. We're going to continue to monitor the situation. Yes. I mean, that, that means we're going to continue to uh, propagandize anybody who speaks out against our narratives. Got it. Thanks. Thanks. The Ministry of Health, the Ministry of Truth. Good. Yeah, exactly. That's what they that's what they think they are. The Ministry of Truth, their truth, not the truth. There can't be two sides here. You see what's going on? She says, you see what's going on on Twitter? Well, what's going on? Yeah, she won't, she won't actually name it. Oh, you, you see the hate. What hate? Can you point it out specifically? What, what part are you talking about? What communities are you talking about? They won't say exactly. it. Because, yeah. like, because they, know, they know it's all, it's all garbage. Like you can't play a movie called Died Suddenly. Have you guys seen it? Can't put that on Facebook. Other than the vice president, I've never heard so many words say so little than that answer. All right, we'll wrap it up. More sports news when we get back live from Studio 6B on a Monday. to the hour live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Glad you've been a part of the show. Let's do a little more sports before we wrap it up and hear what that is. Slick Rick, Rick Amirati at Slick Rick Sports on social media. Make sure you follow us as well at LFS6B. You're getting close to that 100,000 mark on Facebook. I know most of you tell me, ah, Facebook, ah, but uh, it's a great way to support the show, keep the show going. Uh, and that's where we post all of our crazy towns and great content. So if you haven't followed the Facebook page, please do that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. 
on iTunes or Spotify or, or Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get my 6B in the morning as well on that same subscription. So you get both this show and that one. Uh, what's going on sports, Slick Rick? Well, let's get an update on that game at halftime, Monday Night Football, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. I don't know what's going on with the Colts other than not much. Uh, but it's 16-3. to three. Uh, The Steelers right now leading the Colts. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Look at the line on Matt Ryan. 5 of 13 for 36 yards and one pick. I mean, this is an NFL quarterback with 36 mm. yards in a whole half. And John, Jonathan Taylor not doing much better. Six carries for 34 yards, which actually isn't bad. Yes. It's almost six yards a carry. But they're not yeah. getting it done right now. 16-3. Steelers are up. Okay, I'm going to lose 10 grand. <laughs> what am I going to do? You look heartbroken there, Dan. Well, it's just, it's, it's just it's really disturbing. <laughs> And uh, let's get into a Tiger Woods out of hero challenge with plantar fasciitis. This is ESPN News. Tiger Woods is withdrawn from this week's Heroes World Challenge in the Bahamas because of plantar fasciitis in his right foot, he announced on Twitter earlier today. The tournament, which benefits the Woods' charity TGR Foundation, was supposed to be his first start since he missed the cut in the 150th championship at St. Andrews back in July. Woods, 46, competed in just nine rounds in three majors this past season. Uh, the fir- his first start since he was seriously injured in a car wreck outside LA in February of 2021. Uh, Woods, a 15-time major champion, will be playing at the match at Pelican Golf Club outside Tampa, Florida on December 10th. He'll team up with world number one golfer and Damon's favorite, Rory McIlroy, in a 12-round hole match against Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. Uh, He's also going to be looking to play at the PNC Championship with his son Charlie in Orlando, Florida on December 17th and 18th. Although that plantar fasciitis, that doesn't always uh, clear up so quick. I've had no people who've had that, and it's not the greatest to get over. So, uh, some good news: Patriots owner Robert Kraft loans team plane to fly Virginia football players to funerals of slain players. Nice, nice gesture of, on his part. Uh, Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart. Patriots owner Robert Kraft has been known to loan his team's plane out for good causes, and this weekend was no exception. Funeral services for Deshaun Perry, one of the three Virginia football players murdered in a mass shooting by former Virginia player Christopher Jones Jr., were held in Miami on Saturday with the Patriots playing on Thursday night instead of Sunday and no team-related need for the plane this weekend. Kraft sent the team's official plane to fly the entire team to Miami for the service. Uh, Devin Chandler's funeral was held Sunday in Virginia Beach and a celebration of life for Lavelle Davis Jr. will take place in North Charleston, South Carolina on Wednesday. Uh, The Cavaliers canceled the final two games of this season after the shooting. Uh, So that was a really nice gesture by Robert Kraft to fly the team down there. And Brett Favre has filed a motion to dismiss that Mississippi Mississippi lawsuit. This has been pretty big news. Brett Favre is kind of trying to wash his hands of this whole thing. This is Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre, who uh, is one of 38 defendants being sued by the Mississippi uh, Department of Human Services, filed a motion through his lawyers Monday in Mississippi Judicial Court to dismiss the complaint against himself and Favre Enterprises. Um, According to Mississippi State Order, at least $77 million in temporary assistance funds for needy families, which originated from the MDHS before flowing to non profits were diverted from the poorest people in America state towards rich and powerful Mississippians. Six people have already been arrested in the case, uh, but Favre obviously got tied in because of that um, money that came in for a speaking engagement that he never actually executed on, you know, followed through on doing. So a lot of, a lot of wiggling, moving parts to this big D, but Brett Favre, legendary football player, his name is in this mess and we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. I have a feeling that this is going to get played out in court. That's a wrap in sports, Big D. Come on, Colts. Give me a good second half. Get those adjustments in there Saturday. It's it's Monday, not Saturday, Jeff. Let's go. That's a wrap. <laughs>
I'm, I'm sure they will, Slick Rick. You're looking good there. Don't worry about it. All right. Um, a <clears throat> couple of things I want to get to, and then we'll get to if there's any more news with uh, Paul. Just a couple of things I want to hit because I haven't seen these yet. I did see a lot of clips of Biden traipsing around Delaware, wherever the hell he was for for Thanksgiving week, stammering around. But I didn't see this one. Cut four, G. Let me see that. When will you get your annual physical, Mr. President? What do you think I need? <laughs> you just had a birthday. <laughs> I've gotten my few. I will get it. Part of my physical is already done, and I'll be getting it before the end of the night. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that should have been English. You think I need it. <laughs> uh, Unbelievable. Jean-Pierre was asked about this comment. Cut five, roll that, G. Finally, the president said he did a part of his annual physical while he was talking about uh, answering a question about this specifically in Nantucket, and he said he would do the rest before the end of the year. What did he mean by that? And then we'll be here, you'd be going to Walter Reed as he did last so year. That's a good question. I haven't, I actually have not talked to him about that. I remember him saying that over the weekend. Uh, look, I, I was asked this question uh, just at the last briefing. Uh, you know, the president is in good health and maintains an active lifestyle. You see him on a almost on a regular basis no, we uh, don't. yourselves and you can Not see he always says watch me uh, he will have a physical in the upcoming months and the results will be certainly released uh, as the same way it was last year uh, in a very transparent way and we will uh, be sharing with that with all of you as, as soon as as soon as we have it laughable yeah when you have okay. when you have to, yeah, yeah laughable is right laughable when you go out of your way to say, oh, yeah, it'll be released uh, transparently, like always, we, we, didn't, we know you're basically, you know, it's the opposite of what you say. It's like everything else. If this was Trump, it'd be like uh, 90 million questions. Look at the way he drinks. Look at the way he holds his glass. Look at the right. way he walks. He's only did half of it. What's going on? What are you guys hiding from us? He looks a little overweight. He looks a little this. He looks a little that. Some doctor who's never seen him before or talked to him says that uh, he needs to be evaluated. What do you mean? Biden? Yeah, we'll get to it. Don't worry. And we'll release it very transparently, uh, transparently like we do everything here, the media. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Next question. Um, one more thing I want to get to. I, I didn't hear what you said, Fran, but one more thing I want to get to. This happened. Yeah, Ben, this is, uh, happened in Maricopa County today. Cut 19, roll that. I typically don't speak at these. I represent uh, folks. I have an organization called Frontline America, and I also represent a media outlet, Real America's Voice News. We were denied entry along with my colleague, Jordan Conradson, to the election office, uh, and I figured this was an appropriate time to redress my grievance. I spend most of my time on the southern border exposing the invasion that's going on down there, especially here in Arizona and what's coming into our country. The biggest concern I have is if this election is certified, the only parties that will benefit from this are the cartels. Uh, they've taken over Mexico and sadly they've taken over many politicians in America. What we saw on election day was outrageous and to say that it was anything but that is uh, either you think we're stupid or you're just that arrogant. Uh, what we've seen from you in the election office and your response, very simple questions needed to be asked. 2020 was a disaster. How was 2022 worse? 
You cannot say that you can certify an election when half of the voting machines were down. Was it a thousand people that were disenfranchised? Was it 10,000 of the people that were there in line or the people that didn't show up because they saw on the news the election machines didn't work? The fact that you've already made up your minds, you've already made the decision. This is, this is all semantics. All of us coming up here and speaking is semantics. You've already made your vote. You've already made this decision. You said the world is watching and you're right. They're watching and they're watching this disaster play out in front of them. You responded to the AG with the most, most pathetic, inept response I've ever seen. You have not redressed the grievances of these people. That is the question. And the answer that I hear from everyone across this room is you cannot certify. So the question is, what is the remedy? The fact that you were on a pack that was going against Carrie Lake as well as Richer, going against Carrie Lake, how can you say that there's no conflict of interest? You have a secretary of state running against a gubernatorial candidate. How can you say there's no conflict of interest? And then your machines go down on election day. It is absolutely outrageous. If you certify today, the only thing you'll be certifying is your corruption. Boom. Kaboom. Ben, so bring I have a few things today in Maricopa County. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6, the audience. Let's go USA tomorrow, 2 p.m. World Cup. Let's get out of that group round. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., hopefully with some good news on a win.